Welcome to the Stop the Sales Drop podcast and webcast. I'm Christina Jaramillo, your host and president of Personal ABM. Joining me as my co-host is my partner, Eric Gruber. And I want to start off today's show with a quote for you to think about as you listen to what we talk about today. Tiffany Boba once mentioned, how you sell matters, what your process is matters, but how your customers and prospects feel when they engage with you matters more than anything else. Today, my guest and I will discuss the shifts in sales outreach and sales experience that will enable stronger account acquisition, retention, and expansion. My guest today is Dustin Denno of SVP of Global Sales at Showpad. Dustin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Excited to, to chat. Great. Uh, so as you're going to be a guest in an upcoming Reboot Friday panel, and um, I just want to let everybody know, if you like the conversation that in, and insights that Dustin shares here today, please go to stopthesalesdrop.com backslash Friday Reboot. So can you provide us a quick overview of yourself, Dustin, and in your background and what Showpad excuse me, is about? Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, fortunate enough to have a, a long career in sales. Started, um, believe it or not, as a family business running the kind of go-to-market engine for a manufacturing organization. Wow. And then um, transitioned into to tech sales over to, to Salesforce and one is, was one of the original um, kind of people in the, the Salesforce Chicago office. Continued to... to to grow my career there at Salesforce. And then before I left, ran the retail consumer goods vertical for you know, a big portion of the commercial business there nationally um, with teams across the country. And then went to a, a market automation scale up there afterwards and then um, landed at Showpad about a year ago where I now run the global sales organization. Um, you know, Showpad really, you know, we're a name, uh, sales name platform, really helps from four different areas. So the first is on that content management piece, Second is sales readiness, so training and onboarding. Sales effectiveness when it comes to process, being that control point delivery mechanism for whatever methodology you choose. And then really on the buyer engagement, helping um, customers uh, create more digital experiences that, that resonate. And, and like you said, uh, enhancing that buyer experience. So that, that's where we really help our, our, our customers. All right. So while many podcasts have guest experts come on and share tips for growth, we like to get personal and find out exactly what's working and what's not working for our guests. So what are some of the shifts that you've made in sales outreach and sales engagement, particularly last year um, after the craziness of 2020? What worked, what didn't work, and where's the team as a whole challenged? Yeah, so it's a great question. Obviously, one that's important for a lot of people today. I think the first thing that we did that we look back was a, a really... Uh, a great thing to do is we stopped all outreach right when the pandemic started. Uh, we didn't want to seem insensitive, insensitive to what was going on and, and really no one knew what was going back on back then. So really felt like we, we were going to do more harm than good by any of the traditional communication channels we sent out. So we, we stopped that for a while. And then we started to learn that our, our value proposition started to, to change because of the environment. And we started you know, we help companies deal with remote onboarding and, and re remote you know, customer and buyer engagement. And so the shift in our messaging had to just be really, really relevant to the current problems that they're faced with. So that, that you know, we found that we maybe weren't as agile as we should be when it comes to our messaging. And so that's, we've really built some of the, the fundamental processes in place to, to be agile when it comes to those things. Um, but that was, that was looking back, those are the real positives instead of just you know, when it felt like right to start engaging buyers again, like changing your messaging to the new time was something that, that we had to invest a lot of that, that, that kind of 
uh, foundational elements of, of messaging that was important. Um, you know, I still think that, that um, sellers are, are, are struggling with the traditional challenge of, you know, we've had this kind of equation in sales that more capacity and more activity equals more revenue. And I think that that, that equation is starting to, to get fragmented. Um, and so it, it's about that personalization. And, and we've been talking about this for many years in sales, but all of the tools have been focused around making us more efficient so that we can get more volume of communication out. And I think that that's starting to, to fragment a little bit. So, you know, I still think that the teams struggle with what is that balance of, of high volume of activity versus, you know, high quality of activity and how do we, how do we balance that? And that also depends on where, you, where, you, what segment you sell in, what industries, things like that. So, you know, getting that mixture right is is something that we're we're constantly looking at. Well, I like that because uh, I've been saying for a long time that the more that we try to scale sales and marketing, uh, the more we lose that real interaction that buyers need. We lose the personal relevance because you can't scale campaigns. I'm going to have personalization. I might speak to what you're searching for because I have intent data, but <clears throat> you're not speaking to the human bias. You're not speaking to why there is intention in the first place. What is going on in that company? What are they not considering where you can now start to reframe their ideas and where you can create that business vision and to me, you can't ha create that business vision without having a personal relevance. You're, you're spot on. And, and, and that is the challenge, right? Because we're, we're always getting pushed for growth numbers. We're always being held accountable to targets and those targets are difficult to achieve. And so how do you, 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 you create that mix of, of quality over quantity that, that, uh, that, that works? Um, yeah, it's going to be a constant struggle, but we, we spend a lot of time and energy focused on on uh, making sure that mix is right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that definitely is. Like, tell clients that eighty percent of your revenue will come from twenty percent of your account. So that's where I want to get the personal. Yep. You learn from your proof of concept. You learn from the messaging. What is working there with those accounts that you have the one-on-one -on -one interactions with? Then you can start to scale that out to other tiered accounts. But that's how I usually try to teach and balance. Like put your time and focus on the one-on-one -on -one interactions with those top accounts. Learn from what is working there and then apply that to second tier and third tier accounts. Yeah, the element of focus is really important. We've been, you know, we we consume intent data like it's 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 a very, very important piece of our go-to-market motion and and that, that just helps us be smarter and helps us, you know, go to that corner to find revenue versus looking everywhere. And so, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a constant challenge, but uh, the team is getting better every day. So that, that's all that matters. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So uh, move on to the next thing I have for you. What are some critical strategies that you and the team at Showpad are using to make every sales experience matter? Yeah. So, you know, playing such a big piece in the, the kind of content space and in, 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 in that industry, so to speak, within marketing and sales, kind of our technology is really the bridge between the two organizations. We're really, really focused on this idea of nonlinear conversations. So before when you had 
um, you would sit in a, in a meeting with your customers and you would have your presentation up, you know, while that presentation in nature is linear because you start at the beginning of your deck and go to the end, you have this ability to kind of read the room and know where to go faster in some areas, know where to breeze up over in some areas. You can kind of feel what's resonating and what's not when you're in that meeting together. Now that everything's shifted remotely, we have to do a really good job of creating this nonlinear experience that has really everything that the customer might want to see and be able to point and click and go to different places and pockets at different points. And so how do we enable our team to be flexible and on their heels enough to where they, they listen for different keywords or triggers and then go to different areas of where our value proposition um, is really um, you know, valuable to the customer. And so instead of like, you know, we've all been in those boring meetings where the first seven slides of a deck is like, no one really cares, but for some reason in sales, we've always been putting them on there. It's like, how can we make that experience for that buyer much more engaging because we're showing them stuff that's relevant all the time. And there's no way you can put together a, a, just a linear deck that's going to be valuable for every customer. So how do you create a comprehensive experience and then teach a rep to be able to go where it makes sense for that buyer? So that's one strategy that we're really, really, um, you know, drinking our own champagne on um, using Showpad to do it. Um, and a lot of our customers are focused on that nonlinear conversation because their whole world of how they sold before, you know, being able to do it right in front of a customer. Now you have to do that digitally. And that's a much harder when people are emailing on their, it's much easier for a customer to get distracted. It's much easier for them to do seven things at once. Capturing their attention is, is way harder. So that's the first piece. And then you, you can't overestimate a really strong sales culture. Um, this time is hard for everybody. And I think that like you also have to energize your team because it's very easy to show up to these Zoom meetings, like just uninspired and like, I've been, this is my sixth Zoom call every day. Like, how do you keep that same like confidence and energy for a seller to be really proud about what they're selling? And, and there's just some basic cultural things that you, I think you gotta um, almost triple down on in this environment because you lose that camaraderie you have in the office typically. Um, and that shows in the, in the calls that they're having. So, um, you know, I don't think we've got this totally right but we're, we're investing a lot in our people to um to 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 just keep that energy up well now we like to apply approaches that you use on the live sign conversation to email to social just an example <clears throat> we like to apply the challenge of sale to social where you are teaching for differentiation versus just making a claim where everything is tailored for relevance where profiles content and messaging speaks to the target accounts and the human buyers in those accounts. How can we, because I want to go on to touch, I want to dig deeper into the nonlinear conversations. Because you talked about it at the live, but how can we make it nonlinear in the email and social conversation to drive greater engagement? Yeah, it's a really good question. When you think about um, all the Sellers have no, there's no lack of ch channels for sellers to engage with people. Like it's almost, we're, we're inundated with channels. Um, so how do we then orchestrate those channels to where the experience is really relevant to, to the buyer? And I think the first thing is, is this idea of like an old ICP is kind of going away. Like the demographics of a company, like are they a manufacturer? Do they have this many employees, this much revenue? Like, okay, so they're our target. Like in reality, like 3% of your total addressable market is in market. So 
um, you have to break that down in much more granular ways. Um, and intent data is a huge piece of it so that when you are reaching out to that customer, engaging them through all the different channels, you have a much better understanding of, of what there would be valuable to them and what the pain that they're going through so that you can highlight that in all of your, again, like challenging, getting them to think differently. And so the orchestration of that, like I don't think anyone's really figured it out completely, but the, the that we very much choose that hybrid approach of breaking down our ICPs into much more granular ways and then engaging them based on the pains that we're seeing across that specific group of companies. Um, and then as you get more intent and information from your, either your intent data tools or, or your, your BDRs or your AEs, always document that. So every step of the way you're, you're being relevant. It, it's not easy. Um, and, and I think there's no finish line here, but um, you know, that's how we've been trying to do it. And then it continues on to the conversation. When you are having that live experience, you, you make sure you pull all of that learning that you've learned through all the other engagement through to that, that nonlinear conversation live. So that, that's the way we're trying to think about it is just getting much more narrow, narrowly focused on the front end so that we can streamline those, those channels in a way that is consumable for the rep because the rep is very confused with all these channels as well. So um, not easy, but uh, that's the, the way we've tried to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I want to just bring up a point that you mentioned how about 3% of the, what is it, 3% of the market is in market? I forget exactly yeah. what you said. Uh, but how do you drive engagement with those people that are stuck in status quo, which roughly is like 60 to 70%, I've seen the variation. So what are you guys doing to drive engagement with that status quo, um, since it's such a big part of the market? Yeah, in, in, in our space, it's, it's an exciting one because it, it's a it's a problem that's starting to get a lot of traction around sales and internet because you know, there's been so much technology focus on sales efficiency, but I've always like, you know, there's this whole content management uh, space has been like, yeah, like, have you ever won a deal because you found a PowerPoint deck or did you ever lost one because you didn't find one? No, it's focused on sales efficiency. And if we save our reps like three hours a day, most of them go golfing. So like, let's talk about effectiveness, right? Which is a, a fine tuning the, the, the word there. They're both you know, tie together, but effectiveness, we want to enable the right conversation at the right time with the right buyer. And, and so our, what we try to do on those people that aren't in market is to reframe the problem because it's not about sales enablement isn't about saving seller time. There's an element of that that saves their time. We always want them to be efficient, but what happens is, is you got to control the, the consistency and the throughput of every sales conversation, it's gotta be effective. And so um, that's where we spend a lot of time in that, what I was, you know, more top of funnel people that aren't really in market is trying to change the dialogue. And like you said, be more challenger in nature saying that, you know, the space and the way our, our competitors are thinking about it is, is different. Um, and, and we should be thinking about the problem completely different. If you don't have a nexus statement like that, that says, here's how we think about the world differently it's going to be very hard to change the dialogue and get more people into that, you know, really active market, like intent-based focus. So that that's where we spend a lot of time um, at the top of the funnel. Eric, I think you're on mute. <laughs> I like that because um, you, as you said, you responding to a business problem or what we like to call account-specific gaps and where the impacts are versus 
just pain points. Because I'll see a lot of times sales and marketing respond back to generalized persona pain points, which means you're just a commodity. But once you start to show this is your gaps, like in that sound conversation, in your interactions and how you're actually engaging. Now, here's the impacts on the sales. Here's your impacts on your time, your efficiency, the impacts on the customer experience, the impacts on your deal sizes. Here's the impact on your close rates. When you start to show all the different impacts, now you can, as you say, reframe them because now it's not just, here's my benefits. all responding to a pain point. When I have a ton of pain points, then where do I make a priority? Yeah. How, how do you think about the world you're in differently than everyone else does? And, and make that the leading part of your conversation. Um, and if, if we've spent a lot of energy focusing on our messaging there, um, we, like it, it's a belief across the whole team that um, sales effectiveness is, is, is the, the powerful lever that we have to pull. And when you look at the data behind that, if you get, you know, you know, sales enablement has been around for what, 15 years yep. and attainment has plummeted and ramps gone up. So I struggle understanding how we, they've made an impact and we aim to provide that measurement, right? Um, so that you can understand the impact that sales enablement um, has on, on a company. If it's not moving the needle on attainment or ramp, and what is it doing, right? Um, and so we try to make those tangible, you know, and I, I hate the term ROI, but make those tangible kind of statements around, here's the impact that, that, that you can see if you think about it differently. All right, so another question for you. How has marketing at Showpad helped to improve your sales outreach and sales engagement? And what is the impact that marketing has on sales at Showpad? And where do you see that maybe there's areas for growth or how they can help play an even stronger role in influencing the sales experience. Yeah, I, I love our marketing team. Um, we've, we have a really great relationship and we just um, brought in a new chief growth officer, Marissa, uh, a couple months ago, and she's kind of taking it to the next level even. Um, so really excited for the continued partnership that I have with my, I'm, I feel like a very lucky sales leader um, having such a strong um, marketing organization. But, you know, when we, uh, you know, I would say one of the best things that we've done it kind of done together is, is really formulating our intent and, and, and then sales engagement strategy together um, and really organizing that so that, you know, my sales team is focused on people that are in market or closer to in market than, than others. I mean, our job is to convert that into to real evaluations and then revenue. Um, so I think the, the coordination that we've done about surfacing those up uh, and the marketing team do, doing a really good job of, of identifying those people and, and passing them over to my team. Uh, that, that, that transition has been really, really helpful because it's, it's just narrowed our focus. Like we kept talking about all this whole conversation. Um, and so that filter that they've provided has been fantastic. Um, and then, you know, we also upmarket because we sell a lot into the enterprise, um, you know, getting very narrow on specific groups of accounts and developing tailored programs and plays together. Uh, has been really, really helpful and impactful and something we're, we're trying to invest in more in 2021. So those are two big areas, I would say, like, you know, them shining a light on 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 the customers who are actually in market and then helping our team be much more relevant in our prospecting. And then up market, start to building out more of a, like an ABM approach on our top 20 um, 
you know, people that we're trying to get in front of. Um, that's been a really, really strong opportunity. And that's probably where I see the most growth for us is um, that, that tailored one-to-one account-based uh, model and account-based selling model um, of market that I think is, is really valuable. So I have a unique challenge. We, we do really, really well in like the high tech space, high volume, high velocity. And then we do really, really well in the massive large enterprises. And so it's, it's almost like two different companies that we have to, to manage. And, and uh, our marketing team does a really good job of, of balancing the two. So it's been a great partnership. Um, and I think uh, that's going to be a, a huge uh, differentiator for, for go-to-market organizations is, is that tight alignment between. And we've been talking about sales and marketing alignment for probably 20 years now. So um, I don't think anybody's got it mastered, but uh, we're, we're doing our best. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I've talked about it for 15 years, but very few actually do it. It's like yeah. sales and marketing, I'd say, should be accountable for the revenue. They should be accountable for the closes, where marketing goes should be going beyond that top of the funnel of I'm just getting the leads, where they really should be creating content to support your actual selling conversations. Yep. So if I know I'm having this account and they're stuck, well, what content? What do we need to, as you said, reframe them on? How can we now take our more general content and make it more specific? Because where I see where clients get stuck, I mean, accounts get stuck, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but it's usually because that account, the buyers in that account, do not see themselves in the story that sales and marketing was telling. So how could I say that's where I say it needs strong alignment where... Marketing can help tell that content, have the content to tell the story that they can see themselves in. And your, your point is, I think, where most sales and marketing organizations have missed is that there have been two different focus on a target. And that alignment on what measure the, the, the organization uses gives them the freedom to have that point of view on the content, right? Because if my objective as a marketer is just to drive MQLs, creating that super personal relevant content in that scenario isn't going to be a value for me to hit the number because I just need to drive, you know, leads and leads aren't really what we should be measured on. And like, that's what I love about my counterpart in Marissa is that she's very much focused on revenue. Um, And then we focus on the channels that convert the highest levels. um, And the rest is about building a really compelling brand and telling the story that translates at a macro level. And so she's, uh, uh, you know, finding a, a revenue-focused marketer is, is I think that everyone's starting to transition that way anyway, but it, it's a huge, uh, uh, you know, relief for me um, when, when that's, because we're both focused on the same thing. Um, and that's what I think matters the most. I think you start there and then all those other things you've talked about, about the content creation become very easy because they translate to revenue. Um, and they did before they weren't translating into leads because it wasn't scalable, right? Yep. Um, so now I think it's a shift back. It's funny how like five years ago, I was like, how many, how much mass can we do? How much can we, it was all about scale, scale, scale. And everyone's like, wait, that doesn't work. And then we've all been like sold to really and marketed to in, in really crappy ways. So it, it's, it's funny how it shifts back. Yep. Cool. And I hope that they continue that shift because yeah. it is the interactions that drive revenue. And I think that's where we need to put more of a focus on is how we're interacting how are we engaging with the human buyers in those accounts? So it's not a numbers game. Nope. I say it's a revenue game. And it's the interactions that's going to matter, which goes back to Chrissy's quote and how she started 
the uh, podcast. It's how the prospects and customers feel when they engage with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I fundamentally believe just like the consumer world, you're either creating a, in the consumer world, you're either a commodity and you need to be doing something around uh, a subscription-based model to, so, you know, all the things that I buy in my home are very, uh, um, like they just show up, right? And that's where I think the future of the world, like anything that like my, my basics and groceries will start to be consumed by me on a regular basis without me having to do anything. So that makes it easy experience because it's a commoditized product, right? And then the other element is like you go to like these consumer brands that are creating this really strong experience. And that is the same that we'd see in B2B sales is that that experience is worth value. I mean, if you're not creating that experience for your buyers, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be hard for you to, because there's so much tech, it's eating the world. And so if, if, if you're not creating a better experience, then, you know, they'll just go to the next person. All right. Um, before we let you go, Dustin, can you give everyone uh, the best way to get in touch with you and how they can learn more about you and what you guys are doing at Showpad? Yeah. So you can either check out our website, uh, showpad.com, or if you, if you want to chat with me about any things that we've talked about, um, easiest way is probably LinkedIn or dustin.deno at showpad.com. I'm more than happy to, I'm pretty passionate about the topic of sales. So uh, happy to, to chat with anyone. Thank you so much for spending uh, some time with us today. We're really looking forward to the information that you're going to be sharing on an upcoming Reboot panel, uh, Reboot Friday panel, where you'll be digging deeper into this topic that we discussed. And to get more insights from Dustin, register for our StopTheSalesDrop.com, uh, Stop the Sales Drop Friday Reboot series. Uh, please go to StopTheSalesDrop.com backslash Friday Reboot. Again, thank you so much, Dustin, for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoy the conversation. Take care.